Hey, if I told you how a story needed to be heard, would you tell it? Better yet, would you share your story knowing that you could inspire, help someone else, or give hope? How about that? I love it. Um, hi, I'm Christine Hotchkiss, and just like our fingerprints, our stories are unique to who we are and the path that we are on. Would you agree? Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> Today, my guest is Brendan Lyons. But before we get started, I want to share with you that not everyone is going to have their story in a book. It's not going to make the headline of the news, and it's not always going to be on the cover of a magazine. But our stories can inspire and help everyone based on how we go forward. So today we're going to be talking about forgiveness and triumph over tragedy. Let me tell you a little bit about Brendan. Brendan has served Southern Arizona as a local firefighter. He is the executive director of Look, Save a Life. He has championed for the recent law of hands-free driving and is a true standout in this community. He has a great program and great appreciation of what it takes to save lives, as well as a remarkable vision for bringing awareness to the growing epidemic and health crisis stemming from distracted drivers. Wow, that's a lot, especially with all the things we've got going on on what we consider a distraction. Besides that, he has been named hometown hero by Davis Mountain Air Force Base and the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds. Impressive. Honored as one of Tucson's top 40 under 40, he got me by 10 years, <laughs> as well as the dedication recipient and man of the year for El Tor. Day, Tucson. Finally, he also has an amazing story about survival, overcoming obstacles, and making the most of life. We're all in for a special treat. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming Brendan Lyons. Thank you so much, Christine, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Oh, my pleasure. We've talked a couple times on the phone, but I wanted to meet you personally to find out a little bit more about you. So let's go back to before October 4th, 2013. What were you doing then? What was your career? I was serving as a career firefighter and uh, it was a dream of mine to become, become a firefighter ever since the first grade when my school teacher, Mrs. Joganik of St. Joseph's Elementary had us recite a poem or prayer every time we heard sirens screaming around route to a call. Okay. Little flower at this hour, show your power. I never heard that one. I like that. That's pretty powerful. And in the first grade, huh? Yeah, first grade. So it pursued a lifelong dream of mine to become a firefighter. Okay, so you went forward and you actually became a firefighter, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and when was this? This, uh, I became a seasonal wildland firefighter in 2004 and then full-time in 2009. Okay. And uh, tragically, unfortunately, uh, my career ended on October 4th, 2013. Um, but as a firefighter, I often responded to the tragic consequences of distracted driving so often that it compelled me to launch a nonprofit in 2012 through Look, Save a Life, and it brought awareness and attention to the growth, growing health crisis stemming from distracted driving. And uh, Christine, ironically, a year after launching this organization, I went out for a bike ride with my girlfriend on the morning of her birthday, and a motorist at 45 miles an hour looked down at his cell phone to see who was calling, wasn't even texting, just to see who was calling, drifted in the bike lane and struck us both from behind. I sustained six fractured vertebrae, a fractured pelvis, traumatic brain injury, and uh, took me away from my career. Wow, so how long was the recovery path? Yeah, I was uh, hospitalized for about a month and a two-year recovery to include cognitive therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, you know. All. You had to start all over. Right, I, I mean, early on, I didn't even know if I would walk again. 
Well, and I see you are, so um, you're a miracle, as I love meeting miracles. Tragedy well put you on a different path of your life. So with that being said, go forward on what that day has now brought you. Yeah, uh, you know, I was in a really dark place early on when my neurosurgeons were telling me, hey, Brendan, your career, your, your dream career as a firefighter is over. And uh, so as you can imagine, I was in a really dark place. Yeah. And uh, somebody directed me this quote by Walter Anderson who said, bad things do happen. How you respond to them defines your character and the quality of your life. I agree. You can choose to sit in perpetual sadness immobilized by the gravity of your loss or you can choose to rise above, appreciate and treasure the most precious gift that you have, life itself. And instantly, Christine, I stopped feeling sorry for myself and said, you know what, I'm gonna go try to make this world a better place. Uh, I'm gonna try to mitigate distracted driving so that these incidents don't happen to other families, family members because at the end of the day, nobody should lose their life at the hands of a distracted motorist. I absolutely agree. And you know, Brendan, um, my story, if you don't know it, and if any of you know, out there know it, my story is the loss of my 17-year-old daughter on New Year's Day 2007. My family and I were in a rollover accident. And when you talk about being feeling sorry for you, I never say that for anyone to feel sorry for me. I too was put on a path to be able to help other individuals with my own nonprofit, but we're not going to get into that. But I can relate to when you say, this, the, the thing you just recited about, you can do this or you can do that, and you chose to do this. So good for you. So give me a little bit more about how you are active in the community and moving forward. Right, so after this, uh, I, I believe that a great life is when you live up to your potential and give back to others. So of course I needed to find a new trajectory in life, a new path, and so I just started getting engaged in the community. Uh, started with uh, Greater Tucson Leadership, was part of that class in 2017, which I learned about different issues in the community, such as healthcare, education, border issues, criminal justice, arts and culture. And, you know, I thought I had Tucson locked down growing up here, and uh, that really opened my eyes to a myriad of different uh, uh, just things in the community. And uh, so I became part of the Board of Directors for Greater Tucson Leadership upon graduating that program. I'm part of the Emerging Leaders Council with the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce, the Leadership Advisory Council with the Special Olympics. I'm part of the Red Shoe Society with the Ronald McDonald House. Okay. Uh, I'm an honorary commander at Davis Monthan Air Force Base assigned to the 25th Operational Weather Squadron. And uh, of course, part of Tucson Young Professionals and a, a not, not to mention, Executive Director of Look, Save a Life. So it's, uh, you know, I, I, I learned a lot about people and learned a lot about giving back and, and a, once again, a great life is when you live up to your potential and you give back to others. So you said, look, save a life. I actually know a, a gal down in uh, the Chandler area with uh, Red Means Stop. Same kind of concept. Barbara Hoffman. Barbara Hoffman. Oh Shout out to Barbara. <laughs> um, you guys are working on the same thing because she also had something that changed her life too. And it's interesting how we can have a tragedy that can turn us into turn into something so much more positive. Even though you talked about that dark place, I had that dark place too. And then on occasion, I still feel sometimes I have that dark place because you wonder, am I really going in the right direction? You can get involved in a community you thought you knew, and then in fact you find out more about yourself, mm. not just your community too. So. Um, you had talked about graduating. Now we're going to go back to the accident because the individual that hit you, um, do you know who that individual is? Yeah, uh, we, are, we are now friends today, but early on, about two days after the crash, his mom was devastated by what had happened. And so she reached out to the hospital room and I was still pretty heavily medicated and incapacitated. And she, she wanted to come down and visit and just say sorry, you know, so, of course, 
That's you know, a mom for you. Of course, this individual didn't wake up intending to hurt anybody. It was a, it, it was, you know, just a, a brief lapse in judgment and happened to look down to see who's calling. I think, I think all of us are guilty of that at some point. And uh, so certainly he didn't intend to set out one morning intending to hurt anybody. And, uh, but anyway, his mom reaches out to the hospital room and tries to extend her, uh, her sympathy, her apologies for what her son had just done. Um, but I had never heard from the man up until years later. I mean, days, weeks, and months, years had gone by, and I never heard from the man who almost ended my life. Wow. And uh, so a lot of, I guess, at a certain point, there was some anger. There was some grief. There was some uh, little bit of animosity that, why was I not receiving that humanizing element of an apology? I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. Well, of course, you know, little did I know at the time was, you know, he had an attorney and was being advised not to reach out. And, and but I wasn't realizing that at the time. And so you do realize that not only are you going <clears throat> through your tragedy and all of the stuff that you're getting your life back on track, but he he also had his own. He just changed someone else's life as well as his own in so many different levels. You're, you're absolutely right. And so while I had his phone number from the police report or had his address from the police report, anytime I go to pen a letter or pick up the phone to call him, I got scared. Yeah. What would I say? What would he say? And, uh, you know, I was advised early on that when I attended back at Pima Community College that I was told that the man who had struck you is also attending Pima College. So what? Once so once again, I'm thinking, what if I run into this guy you in the hallway? got to be something about that karma and the universe and oh everything comes full circle. And, wow. And, and, and so what, what would happen if I ran into him in the hallways? And what would I say? What would he say? This whole thing rehashed all over again. Well, anyway, I'm getting ready to graduate from Pima Community College. A lot of my, my faculty advisors and, uh, and individuals said, Brendan, you should audition to be the commencement speaker at graduation. Oh, wow. Well, I auditioned and I wasn't selected, but two weeks prior, there was a multicultural convocation where I would be one of seven student graduates to share my story of adversity. One student was a lost boy from Sudan, one was a Navajo tribal member from New Mexico, one was this woman from Mexico, and here's the multicultural, I'm this token white guy who gets hit by a car. <laughs> so I get up on stage and I share this story about you know getting hit by a car. Well, little did I know, but who is sitting in that audience? Is, Jam oh, is Jamal wow. the man who had struck me? And uh, so I get up and I share this story about the day that impacted both of our lives. Now, Christine, this, this evening that I'm sharing this story was two years, seven months, and two days post-collision. And I never once had an interaction with a man who had struck me. Well, afterward, Pima College has this catered reception. And I had a plate of food in my hand. I'm talking to a group of friends. And I look between, and there he is. Wow. I knew what he looked like because, of course, I looked him up on social media. Of course, so, that's uh, social media. Of, of course, I knew what he looked like. And, and so I set my plate of food down. I immediately approached him. I said his name. I introduced myself. And he looked at me as if he had seen a ghost. I would, too. I wouldn't know what to say. Jamal extends his arm to shake my hand, and I dismiss it. Oh. And I give him a hug. Oh, wow. And I love that. And the first words out of my mouth were, I forgive you. And oh. in that moment, all this negative energy that I've been harboring for so long lifted off my shoulders and uh, and so I, I said Jamal you know I wanted to meet you for a very long time may I personally get your phone number rather than getting it from a police report he gives me his phone number I call him up the very next week a week before graduation and I invite him to lunch and at lunch Jamal shared something with me that in the moment I thought was very cliche and he said Brendan 
the way in which you forgave me restored my faith in humanity. Mm. I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is this guy talking about? So I brush it off, and at the tail end of lunch, I say something to him that is pretty cliche, and that is, Jamal, life is like school. In order to graduate, you need to have class. Ooh. Let's walk together at graduation. Oh, wow. So the man who had struck me almost, you know, I, I could have ended my life that day. We walk together at graduation. We're sitting in the very front row. The chancellor sets us up in the fr front row. There's a little media blitz around this, and we're talking about... Meanwhile, graduation is happening, and I'm now getting to know the man who almost ended my life. Wow. Well, I'm sure many of you watching have been to numerous graduations, and you know that there's messages of inspiration or some sort of message on graduation caps. Mm -hmm. Well, his message was free Palestine. Hmm? I'm like, all right, what is your, what is your story? What's your background? Yeah. Who, who are you? And uh, he said, he said, Brendan, the other week when I shared with you that you restored my faith in humanity, what I meant by that was, of all the people in this world to hate me, justifiably it should be you. I almost killed you. I took you away from your career as a firefighter and I turned your world upside down. And here you are offering me compassion and forgiveness. When throughout the course of my life, see, I was born American, but raised Muslim. And throughout the course of my life, people have been calling me a terrorist, a bomber, mm -hmm. telling me to go back to my country when this is my country. Mm -hmm. I've seen my mom stand up against bigotry for wearing her, her hijab. And, uh, and once again, here you are offering me compassion and forgiveness. So for so many years, that's so, so much time, I was looking for that humanizing element of an apology that in this moment, I received a greater message in humanity. And that is, don't define others before they have an opportunity to define themselves. You see, I think our greatest challenge in society, as I'm about to embark my next chapter, my next journey, I'm running for office, I'm running for the state legislature, trying to create policies that don't just impact Republicans or Democrats, they impact all of us. And I think our greatest challenge in society is not our education, our water, our economic development, our border issues. It has nothing to do with our president. Our greatest issues and challenges in society is that we often define or judge people before we actually have an opportunity to get to know our neighbor. And you know what, Brendan, that is why I do what I do. I sit down and I talk to people such as yourself, and we may never see each other again, but you impacted me in many ways, as I hope that you did out here to our viewers. And it isn't about religion. It isn't about politics. It's really about us as individuals. As I said in the beginning, our stories will not all be on the news like yours did. Not all of our stories will be in a book, like I understand you have a book as well. And they're not going to be on the cover of a magazine, but they are real-life stories. And when we really pay attention to who our neighbors are, we're a community. We're supposed to be a community. That word is being misused, right? Yeah, 100%. So the last question I love to ask is, when your days are done, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Oh, that's a great question, Christine. I, I believe that when my days are done, I want to know that I left a positive impact on my community. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but if, if you can leave this world a better place than when you came into it, I think that if all of us focus on that, and, and it doesn't matter on, it doesn't have be creation, the creating of policy or, you know, I, I helped, uh, you know, we got Governor Doug Ducey to sign a statewide law on distracted driving. You know, I, I feel that if- that You're helping right. save a life or two or three, um, but it just takes that one person who had gone through something to change someone's life. So I am very grateful. Did you have something else you want to add yeah, real fast? Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be about distracted driving. Just get involved in your community. Agreed. Do Do something, give back, be kind to others. I mean, it, there's so many things that I know they're really cliche things to say, but they're so simplistic. Just be kind and help people. 
That's I it. love that. I love that. So with that being said, thank you for your time. Oh, it was Christine, a thank you for coming down to Tucson to visit with me. This is oh, I love to travel where the, where the good news is, right? Um, until next time, I wish you well and come back because as I always say, these just keep getting better and better. Thank you. Until next time.